Welcome to Disciple Her, a part of the Replicate Podcast Network, where we will hear from discipleship trailblazers, Candy Gallaty and Julie Woodruff. With over 50 years of combined experience in discipling women, we'll discuss how we can equip leaders through discipleship. Here are your hosts, Candy and Julie. Welcome back to another episode of Disciple Her Podcast. I'm here with Candy Gallaty. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Today we have a special guest with us, Kathy Litton. I'm so excited to have her here. She is a friend of ours and married to Pastor Ed Litton. Um, a little bit about Kathy is that she's a former widow, and she's going to share some of that journey in just a few moments. But she's also a mother and a grandmother. Kathy has been in ministry for 45 years and currently serves is the Director of Planting Spouse Development for the North American Mission Board. Kathy and Ed live in Saraland, Alabama, where Ed is the pastor of Redemption Church. Here's just a trivia for y'all, and that is this, that Kathy actually introduced me to my daughter-in-law. Kathy, that's crazy to me. Wow. No, that was pretty cool. That worked out great. It did work out great. It did work out great. Who knew when you called and told me that you had this friend coming up here that eventually she would be my daughter-in-law. That's just Mm -hmm. I know. I know. And a beautiful grandbaby. Yeah, that's that's the key right there. Yeah, thank you. Well, welcome, Kathy. We're so glad that you're here. And why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit of your journey um, over the years? All righty, Julie. Well, I'm excited to be part of this podcast today, and just a little of my backstory. I'm originally from Missouri, and I met my future husband at youth camp. You can't get more churchy than that, (laughs) y'all. And so uh, we married young and went to seminary and pastor churches, and we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and just had an amazing season of ministry out of a downtown church there, and we actually started planning churches in 1995 out of that congregation in Denver and uh, just saw the kingdom of God explode with the church planning movement. And so God was just doing some amazing things. And uh, unfortunately, uh, my life and our family's life took a hard trajectory as my husband was killed in a car accident mm. in 2002. And uh, I was 45 years old and I'm just in a very fragile place with my faith. And yet I learned so many great things, Julie and, and Candy, during that time. It's just um, I had to believe some things in the dark that were really easy to believe in the light. Mm-hmm. And yet mm-hmm. I learned that God was still the same God. And so uh, I really experienced some profound healing. And crazily enough, and uh, seven years later, I remarried another Southern Baptist pastor. So, you know, <laughs> here you uh, go. Kind of ironic, but my husband Ed also lost his wife in a car accident. And so God mm. has just miraculously put our lives together and mm. we have created a new life and a new love here in Mobile. And just profoundly grateful for that. That's just mm. so awesome. I remember it was probably about four years um after the death of your husband that you and I met and just Mm -hmm. watching you walk through some of that and just how um, Mm -hmm. even in the the grief and the tragedy you just sought the Lord and and uh, what a testimony both you and Ed are of just faithful servants who even in the pit God Mm -hmm. just has pulled you out and, and is using you in such a great way and 
Um, I'm just grateful for you, my friend. So good. Well, I appreciate that. God has been truly, truly faithful. And Ed and I both know better than anyone without his strength and his hope and his presence in our life, we wouldn't be standing today. Mm-hmm. Amen. Your testimony of it for sure. So you are now with NAM and have been there 10 years. I just can't believe mm-hmm. that. And uh, you specifically work with church planting wives. Tell us how you serve uh, church planting wives in your job. Well, one of the things we try to do, because we are reaching North America, so we're talking about <laughs> a, a large swath of real estate that mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. important thing we do for them is to help them create community where they are. We can't go to every context that they're serving and we can't be that person next door. But when we we help manage events in their city so they can meet and connect with one another I and we deliver that. lots of resources to them so they can uh, be encouraged. They can have some training. They can have some community and, you know, do some special touches for them a long way on their birthdays and anniversary. And they really, really are a vital part of church planning success and mm-hmm. really the number one predictor of a church planner or a church will be the health of his wife. And so Nam understands that. And so she is absolutely essential to church planning, uh, really in the world that I'm in. And, uh, so one of the tools that we created for them just a couple of years ago is a little ebook called Five Markers of Healthy Planning Spouses. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, over time we realized that they needed, and this is an age-old symbol uh, of the tree that's blossoming above ground and then the roots going down deep below. Yeah. And the more I looked at that, the more I saw that is a picture of a healthy tree, a healthy life. And it's a picture of a healthy leader. I don't care where they are, right? Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. That... If the roots are in place, there won't be any fruit on the top. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And so from that idea, and obviously Scripture talks about this a lot. I mean, really the imagery of it. And, and, and Psalms 1 says that he will be like a tree planted mm-hmm. by the rivers of water mm-hmm. that brings forth fruit in its season. And so with that kind of as the backdrop, we, we wrote this little book that engages just these five basic markers. And the first one is just spiritual formation. And that's Mm. just a term that really represents the process of maturing as a believer. And uh, we recognize that while salvation is a one-time process, but to be sanctified and to be growing and to be healthy is a lifetime, um, it's a lifetime deal. And so, Mm -hmm. um, Women that are leading anywhere, pastor's wives that are leading anywhere, church planner's wives that are leading anywhere have to have a have the future spiritual formation going on in their lives. Yeah, that is uh, so good. That's, I was thinking, Kathy, as you're talking about this the other day, um, there's a kind of a newer believer here in our community that... Um, you know, it's just in the process. I mean, I'm talking baby believer and learning and growing and and um, she, you know, had posted this picture on social media that wasn't the best picture to post. And, you know, she was very honest in this post about, you know, kind of reconciling, knowing that this wasn't right 
to post, but yet it was she liked the picture of herself and like she knows the Lord would tell her like she's having this honest conversation on, on social media about this. And I had a friend that sent it to me and said, um, oh, dear, you know, this picture was posted. And and I said, well, I said, it's important for us to remember that sanctification is a process, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it takes time. And the Lord is going to deal with her on issues as they arise and that sort of thing. And yes, she needs people speaking truth into her. But on the flip side, we know that this is sanctification is a process. And so right. um, I just right. love that. I love that you said that. Mm-hmm. Well, you you mentioned this, but Candy, uh, one thing that I'm seeing now, keep in mind at my age, there's a lot of our church planning wives that are first generation Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are coming from generations of lostness. Yeah. Right. And when you span Canada and United States, there we're in places where Christianity you take the Northwest, you take the West Coast and so many of them are first generation Christians and yet they find themselves to be planning wise and they need to be nurtured along in their spiritual formation. And so mm-hmm. this spirit, spiritual formation idea, it's a wide road, yeah. you know, it's, it's new baby Christians with the more mature, but they still need to be seeing spiritual formation in their life. Mm-hmm. The, the second feature that we mentioned in this book is authentically connected. And we chose those words particularly to be kind of broad. And what we mean by it specifically, that she exists in community with God's church and other people in a genuine biblical way. You know, I think there's a tendency of our hearts to be isolated and find ourselves outside of community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that spiritual leaders, women that are pastors' wives, these church planning wives, we want to see them be an authentic relationship that they are cultivating, that they're not trying to operate outside the body of Christ, or nor are they trying to op- op- operate outside of good relationships within the context of the church, too. And so I think you will agree that uh, for leadership sometimes, we can somehow feel like we can opt out of a few of these things on the relationship mm-hmm. side, but that's just not true. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's so good. And I mean, when I think about, you know, I think it's easy for us as um, pastors, wives, ministers, wives in general to at some point isolate ourselves in a way, maybe from something that's happened to us or maybe something that we've internalized. And that is like we're never told to isolate ourselves That's by Jesus, right. you know, yeah. like, I mean, if we look at him and just the Jewish people um, in general, they are such a communal group, mm-hmm. you know, and they yeah. live life together and their families live together and, and so on and so forth. And so I always um, have, you know, just encouraged women that even I've just been discipling is that when you're feeling that inclination to withdraw and to isolate that that's what satan wants Absolutely. you know he would mm-hmm. love to that's keep that. you in that um in that shell and the moment you step out and the moment you speak um, what you're dealing with and what you're going through, there is that that power and that stronghold begins to break. Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. it's so important for us to know for our own health, we desperately need community and we need relationships okay. with with people um, that are going to speak truth yeah. into our life, okay. like godly influences. Right. Um, so so I just I love it. Authentically connected. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah that's so yeah. good. Yeah. We're gonna take a break for just a minute, Kathy, and we'll be back in just a minute. 
As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. All right, we're back from break. And Kathy, you already mentioned two important things for ministers' wives, spiritual formation and being authentically connected. And I know there are about three more other things that are in your ebook that um, you mentioned for the importance of, of health in a minister's wife. So let's continue the conversation, Kathy, and uh, share with us uh, the other things that you have listed in your ebook about okay. uh, staying healthy. The, the third chapter of the ebook is called Growing Emotional Health. And what we want to see uh, from our wives is that they are moving toward emotional maturity and wholeness as a result of spiritual maturity. Uh, you can't be spiritually, genuinely spiritually mature and be emotionally immature. You really can't once you understand. And let me give you kind of a working definition of what emotional health is. Emotional health is when we are able to identify and manage our emotions, our own, and recognize them, but also identify the emotions of other people around us mm -hmm. that were well, emotional intelligence is something we hear in the corporate world, which is very, very important to succeed corporately. But gen gen really, it's important to succeed in life, to be yeah. an emotionally healthy person. And I'm telling you, it is especially important for believers to be emotionally healthy because the root of our emotional health is really found in the love of Christ, in the work of Christ. Mm. And applying the love of Christ and the power of our gospel, that is really the source of our emotional health. And let me just give you one, one little illustration like to be able to receive criticism. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we, we're criticized, it can hurt our feelings. Yeah. We can be mad. It can be someone that's really wounding us. But when I am resting in the assurance of the unfailing love of Christ in my life, mm -hmm. I'm not that vulnerable about what people think that's about so me true. when I'm secure in Christ. And yes. so our emotional health is really tied to spiritual maturity where I can be healthy in hard situations. And um, I've done a lot of teaching on this in the pastor's wife role that I do, serving pastor's wife and planting wife. And I really think it's a vital key to really representing and showing off the work of Christ in us. Mm -hmm. When we're not moved by every whim of our thoughts, but we're moved by the truth that Jesus Christ loved us. He gives us everything we need in him. I don't need the approval of men. I can yes. receive some criticism. And so emotional health is very, very important. Mm, yes, that's, that's so word. good. Listen, I'm even thinking, you know, I deal with this with my son a lot. Mm. You know, just the uh -huh. the overall health of the individual, but the emotional and mental health of, of him. And, you know, there are some challenges there with him. And, like, he'll get um, not really bullied but picked on a lot. And this is a reoccurring conversation in our home because, um, one, I'm speaking life into him when he comes home and yeah. he's had those hard days. But what I've tried to teach him is, 
your identity is not in what any of these people say okay. you are or can or cannot do. Yeah. You know, I said uh-huh. one day when 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 you get to heaven, um, the Lord's not really going to care how great you threw the football mm-hmm. in PE class, you mm-hmm. know. And right. I said when someone tells you that you're this or you're that. That's not who you are, yeah. you know. And I said, here's the thing: some of what they tell you may be true, yeah. But that does, that's not yeah. who God says you are, yeah. you know. And right. I mean, I'm like, identity is crucial just to a believer, you know. And uh-huh. um, and I know just within in ministry and as a pastor's wife, that that criticism can be very harsh at times, and it can be uh-huh. it can be very true and very real. Um, but at the end of the day, we know our identity is in Jesus Christ, and that helps us, I think, to be emotionally mature and emotionally strong. And obviously, that's a growing, I think, process over the span of our life and in our ministry. Um, but I mean, I can I see that even in helping my kids, yeah. you know, their uh-huh. their emotional maturity and um, just encouraging them and who they are in Christ and not living in fear or responding always to that um that negativity with their emotions yeah mm-hmm. and our identity well is, i think go ahead go ahead kathy i think using the imagery of a child is really helpful because when you see a 47 year old man mm-hmm. that can't control his anger you're really looking at a seven-year-old Do you know what i mean and so so the the maturity part is really important you can be a 47 year old man to be very emotionally immature mm-hmm. and um or woman. And mm-hmm. so I think the spiritual maturity that we would have self-control by the fruit of the spirit. And it mm-hmm. all goes back mm-hmm. to, to the Holy spirit being active in our life. That we're right. not going to respond with every emotion out there and, and, and then just say, that's just the way I am. Right. No. Yeah. That's right. It's not just the way you are when the Holy spirit is inside of you. That's right. So good. Yeah. So, so good. I could talk about that all day. No, that's, just really, the, <laughs> that's really good. Well, really good. Well, I do think we, we, because we love ourselves so much, we give ourselves permission to behave badly in yeah. some ways because mm-hmm. we can say, you know, I put this on my dad did, or just, you know, we, we talk about so many reasons of why we have just done something very insensitive, unkind, whatever the category, but that is not being dominated by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Golly, That's so good. great stuff, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so our next, it looks like engaging lostness is the next marker in your ebook. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little about yeah. that. Well, obviously, we're dealing with church planting <laughs> couples, and they are, most of them are going into highly secular, uh, anti God cultures. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have the propensity, um, the conviction, the the calling, the desire to engage lostness, they probably don't need to be in that field. And frankly, that could be said for everyone that's a believer. So I, I, I don't want to just that. pigeon yeah. I don't want to pigeonhole this just to planting wives. Yeah. Right. But but our little tagline for this one is that she functions as a missionary by connecting with the lost world around her. So and I, I think that statement is very important because I don't care where you are or what your context is. If you are a believer, we need to recognize that every day that we wake up, we are on mission somewhere. And I don't care if you're in Saraland, Alabama, like I am, Nashville, Tennessee, San Francisco, Calgary, 
in Canada mm-hmm. that we have to see our planting wives as believing and functioning like missionaries. And they do this in so many different ways by being a room mother in their child's school to connect mm-hmm. with what, with other mothers and other families by coaching sports teams. Like mm-hmm. some moms are coaching. I have some planning friends that are in another city and they're coaching some middle school girls soccer team just in regard. So it, it's not, don't think handing out tracks, think much broader than right. that, that they're yeah. really so good. altering their life, the course of their life, the steps of their life every day to see if they can make those kind of connections, whether it's the bakery down the street that they want to keep going to over and over to know those people there. It, it's just part of being on mission, especially in the plan, in planning community. Listen, they don't have a church if they don't connect with people where they're planting their church. And it starts right here at Engaging Lostness. Yeah, that's so true. That was just a, a reminder for me today because I think when you're on staff in a church, your minister's wife, you're surrounded by believers more uh-huh. so than you are lost people most often. And so um, uh, certainly I think that is something that we've got to continually remind ourselves and pray and ask the Lord, you know, uh, as we engage lost people in our community, how can we be Christ to them for sure? And how do we engage them? And like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, ball teams are the grocery store or wherever we go, a restaurant um, that we're always, that's on our mind. That's just a great reminder for me. Yeah, I think, and I think, no, go ahead. Kathy. A lot of our plants create small nonprofits, and so they'll move into a community, and they'll send this immediate signal that we're here for the good of the community. Mm-hmm. And you know that's not exactly always how traditional established churches operate, but right. you can see how value, like this one plant, created this nonprofit to mentor at-risk high school students. You see how beautiful uh, that is, yes. and I mean. So they engage their little core team. It's not very big. And they're going into the school. They're helping to mentor. And they're what they're telling the whole community, we're here for your good. And uh, I think that starts them off gaining favor with the world around them. I think there's just, it's just so so good. It's all so good. Uh, I'm thinking as we're talking about this, and I think, um, you know, a lot of times, like I have a, a, a precious friend who's a church planter's wife in you know, the Phoenix, Arizona area, Tempe, it's has been an extremely hard environment. And I mean, they've been on the ground for years now. And there hasn't up to this point, been a lot of what we would call major breakthrough. But Uh they have been so faithful, Uh and just present in their community. And now there's just lots of things happening that um, are reason to rejoice in. And I just, I talked with her the other day and I'm just so thrilled for them. And it's so inspiring to me that you can be in a hard environment and you can press on not Uh seeing what you would obviously desire to see all of the time and then, and not give up, you know, I'm so Uh proud of them because they haven't given up on these days and these months where things have been really hard. They've, they've stood their ground for, because they knew God called them um, to a community, mm-hmm. you know, and God uh-huh. called them to um, to be the church, you know, and I just think uh-huh. I love and I'm just so um, I admire that and I'm inspired by them to do that because at the end of the day, there's not necessarily a time frame on this. And no, so I right. think we can pressure ourselves sometimes and that we have to see things happen at a certain rate, you know, in a certain time. Right. And yet 
but God's called us to these places um, as far as we know for life. Yeah. You know, we're going uh-huh. into these environments for what we hopefully we're going there to be there. And, and, and we uh-huh. don't know if the Lord's going to change that one day down the road or not. But you you live life there, you know, yeah. and yeah. we're talking about the, the relationship building, you know, like you're a missionary in your own community or your own neighborhood. Uh-huh. And like, we're not saying that because it just sounds good. Like this is a real thing where uh-huh. we have the potential to minister to neighbors and uh-huh. our, our coffee shop people down the street and, and work places that we work and all. And that's a, that's a great um, privilege and a calling. And, you know, we've been on our, we're not even in a neighborhood, we're on a street um, that we share with four other couples. And we've been on this street for uh, three and a half years now. And we have been building relationships with uh-huh. these neighbors. And we are just now to the point where we have been able to speak into one of the families um, that are like either coming to church or they're asking questions now. And we're talking three years in the yeah. making, you know, so it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a fast right. process, but it's a it's a calling and an avenue that the Lord has given us to live missionally, no matter where we are, no matter the That's city right. or the community. And there's just great, um, a great honor to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just, no, yeah. you're exactly right. It, it is a process and it's a commitment to be patient. You know, the, the Bible talks about, you know, so-and-so watered, I mean, someone supplanted seed, water, but God gave the increase. Amen. So the process is right there. So So good. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back to finish this conversation in just a minute. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. All right, Kathy, we're back, and there's one marker remaining. So share with us about that. Well, the last marker is called Gracefully Resilient. And let, let me just tell you the backstory. We just kept saying, you know, as we're hammering all this language out. We're like, these women have to be tough, you know. And so <laughs> we're trying to talk about just the strength that it takes yeah. to do this thing. and And yet, you know, the problem with using the term tough, that can sometimes create some hardness. Do you know what I mean? And so we landed on this gracefully resilient. And really the operative word here is that by the grace of God, that we are resilient. And we Mm. understand that, that she has to walk in the power of the spirit to withstand challenging conditions. And only the spirit can give her that kind of power, the power to strengthen us, the power to recognize our our limitations and our weaknesses. And, you know, the, the thing is, when you read the New Testament and you hear the language of Paul, he's talking more about us boasting about our weaknesses than talking about mm. our strengths anyway. So good. And so the Bible says he gives grace to the humble. And so we're trying to remind our planet, life, you don't have to have it all together. Right. You don't have to be the strongest girl on the block. Yeah. You don't have to say, I'm woman, hear me roar. That's not what we need from you. We need you to be deeply connected by the Holy Spirit. 
Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And honestly, I've known this to be true in my life. In my hardest moment, it was never Kathy Litton pulling herself up by her bootstrap. Mm-hmm. It was always the power of the Spirit mm-hmm. in my weakness and my brokenness and my failures as a widow in my deep pain and disappointment and doubts. It was the Spirit that gave me the power to walk that out mm-hmm. and gave me the strength just to wake up the next day and say, okay, this this is my new life. And Lord, you will give me the strength to do this. And so we want our planning wise to be walking in the fullness of the spirit or they'll never get it done. That's and so that's you, the friend. last chapter of the book. And we think it's the most important. Well, and I will say as having known you for a while, that gracefully is exactly the way mm. you live that out. That's so sweet, that's, yeah, yeah that's a so beautiful good. testimony. Yes, and um, I was thinking, I just happened to read this morning Psalm 18, um, which was written after David had been on the run from all of his enemies. Uh Saul's, you know, he's passed now, and David's been um, established as king, and then, you know, he pens this psalm, and over and over again, that's what he's talking about. You know, he's Mm -hmm. talking about the strength that has come from the Lord and how the Lord has delivered him, the Lord has shielded him. I mean, I just made a list. It went on and on of all these things that the Lord Uh had done for him that he knew was not in and of himself, you know, Uh Um, I just think it's so, it's just so true, you know, Uh Um, what, who God is to us. Uh And I think sometimes we don't tap into that enough, um, you know, of what the spirit does in and through us and and the potential that is there, you know, for him to do, to continue to do that. So um, this has all been just such a great, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we could have spread this out into multiple episodes because there was such great dialogue and conversation. Um, We have one question as we're wrapping up on this particular um, episode, and that would just be, what would you say, Kathy, are some practical ways we can support one another as ministers' wives? Like what kind of comes to, to your the forefront of your thoughts when you're asked that question? Well, I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to be around women that I felt like were kind of what we just talked about, women that are filled with the Spirit of God. And I think that we need to point each other to that source a lot, Candy. And, mm-hmm. you know, the minute we do or say anything that suggests it is talent or it is this or it is that, that, that really does the work of the ministry that we're involved in. And I, I just think that we can keep pointing each other to the, where the real source of our strength is, where the real source of our hope is, and, and really be satisfied customers in that way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a customer myself of right. this, the power of the gospel. And I think we do each other the best service is when we just keep pointing one another to who the spirit is in our life, being in the word of God, just like you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, that the truth of the word of God mm-hmm. just on a daily basis can uh, really, it can do Everything we need is right in there. It's found in the power of the Word of God. We can be confronted by sin. We can be encouraged in difficulty. We can be strengthened by truth. Mm -hmm. We can find hope when we're really hanging by a string. And so I think in those ways, Candy, that, and obviously we need fun. You guys know I like to play and do a lot of good 
activity thing, but we really need for each other to just claim back to the source of our strength. It would be the power of the Spirit and the Word of God in our life. Amen. And, um, and, and I think that really, that helps all of us. And you know what? I needed someone when I was really fragile to help me remember some things I have a hard time remembering. Mm. And you know what, Candy? I'm sure you have done that for another pastor's wife along the way. And maybe someday one pastor wife will do that for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think those kind of things are the best thing that we do for one another. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. I mean, and I, I think if you're if you're a if you're a minister's wife out there and you're listening, you're a church planter's wife, um, you know, this is a lot of a lot of great um, information to take in and just meditate on and process. And you may even listen to this episode more than once to just kind of glean from it. And I would just encourage you um, what Kathy's been saying about just the community and having that intentional relationship with someone that's walking similar life as you. I would encourage you, um, if it's possible and you're not already in some sort of a discipleship group or accountability group, I would pray about that and maybe even see if there are pastor's wives in your area um, that you could link arms with and meet with once a week and just receive some of that encouragement and um, maybe advice if you need it and being able to just have someone to talk talk to and talk through things with. I think it could be very um, crucial to your overall health and your calling in ministry. I know that's something that has been life-giving to me over the last 16, 17 years now. So that might be something that you want to consider and just um, maybe pray through that. And if you don't live around a lot of women that are pastor's wives that you could link arms with in your community, maybe it's something you do by Zoom with women that you know are mm-hmm. church planter's wives that you've connected with over the years. And that, and you may be already involved in something like that. And if you are, praise God. But if you're not, pray about Pray about that and pray about um, just following through with that, because I think it could be just really helpful to you um, as you live out your calling. Yeah, so good. I um, I, w- I would say a challenge too, just even off the of off of that today. If you know somebody you need who needs to be encouraged, shoot them a text and tell them that you're thinking about them and praying for them mm-hmm. and. Um, and give them a scripture just to encourage them. Kathy, this has been so rich. Thank you. There's too much to cover in one day. We might just have to have you back for another episode. That's right. Would you join well, us? I don't know. One dose to Kathy. You <laughs> so, no, no, you know. no. No, we uh, have loved it. Thanks so much uh, for your time and your wisdom. And uh, we hope to have you back soon. That's right. We love you, thank Kathy. You, lady. Yeah, thank love you. Love you. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Take a second to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive free resources to help you make disciples in your group, home, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.